Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Okay, so we're going to read Mark chapter 15, verses 1 to 15. So Mark chapter 15, verses 1 to 15. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? asked, asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder. Crucify him. Wanting to sat satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Well, we continue in our series, the, the big story of the Bible. You see, the Bible tells one big story that finds its climax in Jesus. And therefore, it, it's a story about God and it's a true story of the whole world. And I invite you to find your place within the story. Now, we, we're still in Act 4, the story of Jesus, the King comes. And today we are in scene 7, the death of Jesus. Now, the story of Jesus is the, the highlight and the climax of the, the big story of the Bible. And the death of Jesus is the climax and the real focus of the story of Jesus. But why? Why did Jesus die? Well, Jesus was a threat to the Jewish religious leaders. It was a threat to the, the chief priests and, and, and some of the Pharisees, the rabbis. You see, they were jealous of Jesus' popularity. Everybody loved Jesus. And, and this was kind of eroding their authority and their support. Furthermore, Jesus directly challenged their authority by breaking all of their rules and by welcoming and accepting and including the outcasts, the sinners, the tax collectors, the, the prostitutes, the, 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 the lepers and the unclean. He even included the foreigners, the, the, the non-Jews. And he even 
forgave people's sins without going through the proper channels, without making a sacrifice at temple, that this was bad for business, bad for temple business. You see, they were actually making money through the temple. And Jesus even accused them of exploiting widows and the poor through, through temple tax and the like. And so they decided Jesus was dangerous. Jesus was a threat to the status quo. Jesus was a threat to them. And so they decided to kill Jesus. They, they, they decided to kill Jesus for a very political reason. But they had a problem. They couldn't simply kill Jesus because they, they only had limited powers because the Romans were ruling. And so they needed to come up with a reason, a, a charge, that would satisfy the Roman governor, Pilate. But in their illegal trial in the middle of the night, they weren't able to find any reason. They couldn't find any reason. And so eventually, out of frustration, the, the chief priest says to Jesus, in, in Mark chapter 14 and verse 61, are you the Messiah, the Son of God? Now the title Messiah and Son of God are politically charged titles. They were the title for the true King of the Jews. And so what the chief priest is effectively saying to Jesus is, are you claiming to be the true King? If Jesus says yes, then that's treason. That's treason against Rome and against Caesar. That would imply that Jesus is a rebel king leading an armed revolution, a revolt against Rome. So how does Jesus respond? Jesus says in Mark chapter 14 and verse 62, Jesus says, I am. Now, I am is the name of God. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, through the burning bush, God says to Moses that his name is I am. And so when Jesus says, I am, Jesus is claiming to be God. And so for the Jewish religious leaders, that's blasphemy, and therefore he deserves to die. But when Jesus claimed and said, I am, he was also claiming to be the true king of the Jews, the Messiah, the true king of the Jews. And so the, the Jewish religious leaders also had their political charge that they could bring to, to Caesar, uh, sorry, to, to Pilate. So this was a very political charge, treason against Rome, against Caesar. Now you'll remember they had this trial in the middle of the night, this illegal trial in the middle of the night while everyone was asleep. And so they waited for first light, for dawn, before they made their formal decisions, well, so they could make their formal decision during the daytime, so that it would seem like a legitimate trial. Yes, it was during the day, just. And so again, uh, while everyone else is still asleep, 
They go and they interrupt Pilate's breakfast in order to bring this political charge of treason against Jesus. And so Pilate says in Mark chapter 15 and verse 2, he says to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus gives a strange non-committal answer. He says, You have said so. It's kind of like saying, Well, if you say so. And so we read in verses 4 and 5. So again, Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But still, Jesus made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. Jesus remained silent. Like a lamb being led to the slaughter. Like the the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. And it's here through Jesus' silence, that we discover the the theological reason to why Jesus died. The the theological reason is, is found within the political reason. Within the political reason, we discover the theological reason. When through Jesus, through Jesus' non-committal answer, and and through Jesus' silence, it's as if Jesus is saying, yes, I am the true king, but not like you think. You see, Jesus is not a rebel king leading an armed violent revolt against Rome. No. But he is God's appointed and chosen king. He is the Messiah who is bringing in God's kingdom. That means he has come to defeat all evil. And to bring in God's good rule, God's justice, and God's salvation to the whole world. You see, at the at the moment, evil is ruling the world. And so the Jews are waiting for the Messiah to come and, and to defeat all evil. But for them, that means defeating the Romans and kicking them out. But Jesus hasn't come to kick out the Romans. Because the real enemy is not the Romans, nor is the real enemy the the chief priests. The real enemy is evil itself. And that includes the evil within our own hearts. And so Jesus confronts all evil. And this puts him on a collision path with evil. Uh, And the evil that that is expressed through the corruption of the Jewish religious leaders and, and through the imperial power of the Roman Empire. And so evil raises its ugly head, again expressed through the chief priests and pilots. And evil does its worst to Jesus. Yet Jesus remains silent, like a lamb being led to the slaughter. You see, Jesus confronts all evil, but he does not confront evil with more evil. He he doesn't try to destroy evil with violence. No. 
Jesus confronts evil with a greater power, with the power of love. You see, it's through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross that he destroys and defeats all evil. And that includes the the evil in, in the Romans. It includes the evil in the chief priests. And it even includes the evil within our own hearts. And this is the theological reason why Jesus died. In verses 6 and 7 we read, Now it was custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. Now, Barabbas had taken part in one of the many violent armed resistance revolts against the Romans, and he'd even managed to kill someone, most likely a Roman soldier. So Barabbas has committed the very crime that they're accusing Jesus of planning to commit. And of course, the Romans considered Barabbas to be a terrorist. But it's the festival. It's a Jewish Passover festival, the time when they celebrate and they remember how God freed them from slavery in Egypt. And as a good gesture at the festival, Pilate would release one of the Jewish prisoners. And so we read in verse 9 and 10. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. Uh, Pilate sees this as a great opportunity to, to just make this whole case go away so he can get back to his bacon and eggs. And also he's, he's no idiot. He knows this has nothing to do with Jesus planning an armed revolt. He knows Jesus is innocent. He knows the, the, the real reason the chief priests want Jesus dead is because he's a threat to them. And we carry on and we read in verse 11 to 14, But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify them! They shout, Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Now, at this point in the sermon, the preacher, that's me, is meant to explain to you how fickle the crowd is, how in chapter 11 they all shout, Hosanna! And now they all shout, Crucify! But this is not the same crowd. That crowd is still in bed. They've been up late celebrating the Passover. They've, been, they've eaten too much lamb and they've drunk way too much wine. So there's no way they're going to be up first thing in the morning and hanging out at the Roman governor's residence. No, this is a different crowd. This is the chief priest renter mob. That's how he's able to control them and stir them up. And they all shout, Crucify him. And then we read in verse 15. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. 
pilot, the politician, always has one eye on an imaginary mirror. How do I look? How do I look in this scenario? How is this going to play out for me? How is this going to play out for my political advancement? See, he doesn't care anything about the truth. He knows Jesus is innocent. The only thing he's worried about is his own political advancement. And so he wants to satisfy the crowd. And so he hands Jesus over to be crucified. Now within the story of Barabbas, we find the deeply personal meaning for why Jesus died. You see, the story of Barabbas invites us to see Jesus' death as a personal exchange. Barabbas is guilty. Jesus is innocent. Barabbas deserves to die. Jesus deserves to go free. But yet, Jesus dies and Barabbas goes free. The innocent dies for the guilty. And we are Barabbas. You and me, we are guilty. And we deserve to be on that cross because of the evil in our hearts. Yet we walk free because the innocent dies for the guilty. You see, Jesus' death doesn't just deal with all evil. It deals with the evil in our heart. Jesus died for me so that I could be forgiven. So I could walk free and experience eternal life. This is the Savior's love. That Jesus was prepared to, to do this, endure this for me. This is the Savior's love that Jesus does for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And this is the big story of the Bible. A couple of questions for us to reflect on. Firstly, are you like Pilate? Always looking out for your own interests and advancement, even at the expense of others? Do you find yourself like the renter crowd? Just going along with the crowd rather than sticking to your principles? Or are you like Jesus? Standing up against all forms of injustice and equality and evil through sacrificial love? And have you personally experienced the love of Jesus? Have you received His love? If you haven't, can I encourage you to reflect upon the story prayerfully? See yourself within the story as Barabbas. And then thank God for his love and his forgiveness. 
and ask God to forgive you and ask him to pour his love into you through the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we confess even though we will never be as bad as Pilate and actually kill someone, but so often we are more concerned about our own interests and our own advancement than we are about others. And Father, often we do just go along with the crowd, go along with the flow, rather than sticking to principles, rather than standing up for the poor and standing up against inequality and injustice. Father, won't you forgive us? Won't you help us to be more like Jesus? To stand up, to confront evil. Not with evil, not with violence, but through sacrificial love. And Father, we pray that you would forgive us. We confess there is evil in our heart, that we are selfish, that we are self-centered. Won't you forgive us? And won't you pour your love into us? We thank you for that great exchange. That the innocent died for the guilty. So that the guilty may walk free. Thank you, Father. We pray that that will become a reality within us now. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.